0: Good morning everyone and welcome back to this week's episode of the periodical podcast it's your usual suspects here i'm your host kevin along with the incredible co-host tavis hello and today we're going to be looking into copper price fundamentals and why this spells good news for the global petroleum industry as always our discussion today it's going to cover the content in this week's periodical that i released this past wednesday february 17th so without further ado tavis take it away Copper has long been considered a leading indicator of global economic health. More than any
1: other base metal, copper is tied closely to manufacturing, electrical engineering, industrial production, information technology, construction, and the medical sector. In general, rising copper prices have indicated strong industrial demand and global economic strength, while lower prices have historically pointed towards a weaker economic period. Since copper can be considered a barometer of global economic health, it is no surprise a correlation to oil and gas demand exists as a healthy, growing economy requires more and more energy. The two commodities have closely tracked one another throughout history, and violent corrections often bring the trends back in line when divergence occurs. Ever since oil prices were decimated in early 2020, there's been a dramatic divergence between the two commodity future prices. As global economies accelerate their exit from the global pandemic, the price of oil will be pressured to correct upward towards the price index of copper. This hypothesis is based on historic relationships and, due to the fundamentals of supply and demand, financial structures, political issues, and price technicals.
0: So historically speaking, the price of copper has been strongly correlated with the price of gold, the Chinese economy, world trade, but most consistently with the price of oil. There's a clear correlation with the price of oil because both commodities are affected by the same fundamental economic factors. The two prices are also intrinsically interwoven due to the energy cost related to copper mining and refining itself. Since energy costs comprise about 30% of the copper extraction process and upwards of 50% of the smelting and refining process, it's one additional factor that's caused these two commodities to move really in near lockstep throughout history. Therefore, long-term historical trends show as economic development shifts, the price of oil fluctuates alongside the price of copper.
1: The economic factors that correlate the price of copper and the price of crude oil are similarly related and fairly straightforward. Since copper is used in power generation and transmission, construction, factory equipment, and electronics, copper has widespread applications in all sectors of the economy. As a result, copper has long been considered a leading indicator of global economic health. Indicators of a healthy economy often include growth, high employment, and price stability, all of which require energy consumption. Since three-quarters of the globe's energy is produced by hydrocarbons, the health of the economy is also closely tied to the price of crude oil. While the two commodities are closely related, it's not a one-to-one correlation, and other factors have changed the relationship over the past decade and a half, particularly due to the U.S. shale boom and gains made in the renewable energy sector. The fact remains, industrial metals and energy sources are all economic signals, and their connection to each other is incredibly strong and sustaining.
0: And historically speaking, this is absolutely where looking at the Periodical Online to check out some of those charts that we created. A shout out to Scott for helping me make some of those. But historically speaking, the correlation between the price of copper in cents per pound and then the price of crude oil in dollars per barrel, it's really unmistakable. And when divergences occur... Economic factors ultimately bring those trends back in line. Hi there, Editor Tavis here. Just want to let you know that you can definitely enhance your understanding if you
1: pull up the periodical on rarepetro.com. We're going to be talking about a few figures. Sure, you can
0: visualize them, but I do recommend checking out the written piece as well. So let's just talk about some of these. So that first major divergence occurred in about the mid-2000s as the price of copper quadrupled, reflecting the extraordinary swell in demand in China. Urbanization, rural electrification, and a growing power and appliance ownership resulted in flourishing consumption. A typical eight-story building, which uses about 20 tons of copper wire and pipes, China built thousands of these during the mid-2000s, along with 1,500 new cars containing 50 pounds of copper every single day. During this time period, millions of cell phones and computers were also sold in China, each containing between a half ounce and 1.5 pounds, respectively. Production struggled to keep up and inventories fell very quickly, which triggered some heavy speculative purchases. With supply and demand falling out of balance, the scales were tipped dramatically in 2006 when BP closed Chile's Escondida mine, which is actually the world's top copper-producing mine. The shutdown of a single mine shows just how easily prices can soar if, or when, a supply disruption occurs. While the shutdown lasted just a few days, the supply disruption forced copper prices to be elevated for months before another boom allowed the gap between crude and copper to then close.
1: Crude and copper prices steadily increased throughout 2007 and early 2008 as demand for PVC... The world's third most used synthetic plastic, created from hydrocarbons and some metals like copper, neodymium, and tantalum, rose due to the increased growth of the countries of Brazil, Russia, India, and China. These areas, deemed to be developing countries at a similar stage of newly advanced economic development, had increased demand for electrical goods and were on their way to increased quality of life. Again, strong economic growth forced both copper and crude prices higher, and culminated in a 2008 convergence before both commodities plummeted from the global economic slowdown. Later on, as the U.S. shale boom caused crude prices to gain momentum, another violent correction was inevitable, and when the government eased quantitative easing in 2014, crude oil prices corrected down to copper and have remained within range through 2020.
0: While some, including Darren Goudreau, Admiral Metals Vice President of Purchasing, argue, quote, There are economic drivers indicating that the correlation between copper and oil prices may be weakening over time, end quote. It's kind of hard to argue with the 0.84 correlation factor from 2002 to 2019. These arguments are based on the fact that while global economic factors continue to connect the two, there are separate influences affecting each commodity's value through supply and demand principles. While China accounts for roughly half of global copper demand, making its manufacturing center a primary driver of prices, it was also the first to be hit by the global pandemic. Prices dipped on the short term, and many expected copper prices would fall further, but they didn't. Copper prices were covered quickly, while oil commodity prices absolutely tanked. This recent price divergence between copper and crude oil, two key economic development indicators for the world, leaves room for upward crude momentum or a downward shift for copper. So really what we're trying to get out here is copper and oil are definitely correlated, but it's not this one-to-one comparison. Obviously, as economies are growing, think of copper pipes in buildings. Think of copper wires in buildings. As industrial activity picks up, as manufacturing starts to pick up, you're going to need more of that copper. But as industrial activity picks up and manufacturing picks up, that means you're also consuming more energy. So that's why these two... And obviously there's not going to be any kind of perfect correlation between one and the other, but the two do trend each other over time. And now that we're seeing this big split here, since the start of this global pandemic, that's why we're really seeing there's a chance that yes, copper could come down, but for reasons we're going to discuss here in a minute, that doesn't seem very likely. What seems more likely is a pretty violent correction for crude oil to come up towards the other, because as I said plenty of times here, they're related. They're not perfectly related.
1: Related, but not perfectly related. That's the best way to put it. I mean, what, 84% correlation? That's pretty good. But like we've seen with some other things, for example, number of people who drowned by following into a pool and the correlation with films Nick Cage appeared in, there's a 70% correlation there. And if you don't believe me, I, I do encourage you to Google it. But hey, hopefully this correction operates in a way that benefits oil instead of a way that destroys copper prices. Or makes more people drown in pools. Improved technology, increased use of alternative sources of energy, larger oil reserves, and a fluctuating Chinese economy are all factors that have led to a weakening relationship between oil and copper prices. But the connection has not been severed. It is easy to envision the two becoming less related as the years progress, but long-term, full decoupling is difficult to imagine as they're still very much connected. The million-dollar question then becomes, which commodity must correct to the other? Luckily for
0: oil professionals, it appears to be crude. Since oil prices are influenced by four major factors that all appear to be bullish, an upward convergence towards copper seems probable. These four major factors of crude are further explained as follows. Piece number one, fundamentals. We're talking supply and demand. Supply and demand has been imbalanced for months now, and as a result, crude oil stocks have fallen well within their five-year range. With demand consistently outpacing supply since December 2020, prices must continue to climb until a balance is struck. Second, the financials. As discussed in our previous
1: piece on the intrinsic value of crude, oil is incredibly undervalued when compared to everyday goods, the stock market, and commodities like gold and copper. The divergence between these benchmarks
0: indicates oil is poised to rise until parity occurs. So the third, we've got politics and, well, also investments. So the Biden administration is not focused on expanding domestic production, and a recent focus on ESG-focused projects has shifted domestic fossil fuel development plans. As a result, U.S. production will continue to fall further, throwing off supply and demand and supporting the upward price movement of crude oil. Globally, foreign countries, especially those in OPEC+, are regaining market share while recovering from the losses of revenue when oil prices were at decade lows. They will continue to benefit from upward prices in the near term.
1: And lastly, the fourth, but not the least, technicals. Crude oil prices are quickly converging upon two massive decade-long structures while simultaneously approaching the top of some key volume benches. As oil builds energy to overcome the current level of market resistance, all signs point to oil breaking free and rapidly rising until a new equilibrium is reached. Hi, Editor Tavis again, and you
0: can definitely enhance your understanding by looking at the figures associated with the periodical on rarepetro.com. So I want it to be clear, we're not guaranteeing that oil is going to come up in price, but it it does seem like those four major factors that have huge influences over crude oil prices are all bullish in nature. But let's talk about the copper side of the equation. So since China accounts for over half of the global demand for copper, there were initially concerns about how fast Chinese manufacturing would recover. With a global pandemic nearly in the rearview mirror in China, manufacturing and industrial production increased by 7.3% year-over-year in December 2020 alone. This is the most since March of 2019 and beat market expectations of a 6.9% increase as activity continued to recover from the COVID-19 shock. In fact, China is the only major economy on track to record positive economic growth in 2020, while other global economic powerhouses like, say, um, the United States and Europe struggled with rising case numbers prompting governments to reimpose travel and business controls. Copper demand has been increasing in China, and globally at the same time, five-year physical copper stock levels reached historic lows – Therefore, it does not appear that copper will reverse its upward trajectory anytime soon, so crude oil prices will most likely have to continue and close the upward gap. So
1: there's a lot to unpack in this last section, but one of the things, I mean, we got these two twin dragons circling each other. One time, copper, it'll go up, it'll break some boundaries, but then oil will track past, but then sometimes oil tracks up or down, and then copper follows. There's not one primary driver, they kind of work in tandem and sort of trade those roles.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And right now, kind of what we're seeing in um, global economies as the world is exiting this pandemic and trying to just get on back towards that, quote, you know, new normal that we've talked about so many different times, there does seem to be this inevitable upcycle, not just of crude oil, but other commodities. You know, we're talking gold, copper, you know, as the world starts to resume and try and get back to day to day life, we do kind of see this upcycle inevitable. It's that post pandemic recovery we're looking about. We're looking at ultra loose monetary and fiscal policies. Weakening of the U.S. dollar, inflation, all these are pointing towards, you know, this big upcycle of these commodities, most of which indicate that crude oil is really going to close that gap. And it does look like a good news for oil.
1: Copper is so essential in so many businesses, its price is widely seen as a proxy for industrial activity and economic vitality. Similarly, oil has long been the lifeblood of the modern economy by generating energy to make development possible it makes sense both commodities will rise and fall in relation to economic activity and future outlook. Now, rebounding demand in China has pushed copper prices higher, but a surge of speculative buying means that the market is vulnerable to a correction. It is always possible that copper prices could halt their upward trajectory, but is more of an opportunity for crude to correct upward and close the gap. While the correlation between the two has been strong in the past, The distant future holds a possibility that the old correlation may begin to break down and a divergence could occur. Although oil has been considered part of the old energy paradigm, it still has its place in the future of economic development. Copper, along with other precious metals, are essential to the new energy paradigm and the lifeblood behind renewables. But industrial work to mine and refine these commodities will continue to require
0: crude's energy. So for the foreseeable future, copper and oil will continue to be a barometer for economic prosperity in developing nations and established societies. Identifying divergences between the two can potentially help foreshadow larger scale movements in the global economy and various sectors depending on which commodity appears to be ready for correction. If the global energy transition does eventually break down this correlation, it will happen gradually as fossil fuels will continue to be viable until their eventual replacement with carbon-free energy sources. In the short term, economic resurgence shows crude oil may be the undervalued commodity relative to its cousin, which appears to be leading indicator that crude oil prices are on the rise.
1: And that is the end of this podcast. And I- I'm not kidding. When Kevin says go look at the periodical for the visuals, they are top tier, made in-house with some of the best tools we have available. So go ahead, read that podcast, send it to someone else, and look real smart, man. Look real informed. We've got plenty of ways to keep you informed. Other podcasts, other periodicals, and there's no reason why we shouldn't continue to grow in this downturn. So thank you again for joining us, and until we see you next time, take care, everybody. Have a great
0: week.